Yo, what's going on, y'all? This is Udon Cheek, assistant track and field coach at East Carolina University. You are plugged into the Sports Objective Podcast. If you are a fan, you are plugged into the right place. And if you're really a fan, you will share that link. My heart is purple and gold. I'm a pirate down to my soul. And I don't back down, not at all. Find out when the cannons explode. Boom! <laughs> Podcast. I'm Dave Richie here, along with, ladies and gentlemen, the outlaw, Kyle from LaGrange Barber. How are you, man? The controversial one myself. Uh, what's going on, Dave? Yeah, we the censored Kyle Barber. Maybe the neutered Kyle Barber tonight. We'll see. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Bubba Rosenbaum. What's up, dude? What's going on, guys? I hope y'all have had an excellent start to your weeks. It has. It's been a little crazy today, but uh, hey, Bubba, we're very excited to have our next guest, a man that knows... Just a little bit of what it's like to be at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on a Saturday or whatever night the game or day the game is. Most definitely. I mean, when you think of pirate football, one of the major traditions you think of is, of course, first down pirates. Well, this guy spent uh, more than three and a half decades on the, the chain crew uh, at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium for East Carolina football games. Uh, welcome into the show, Mr. Johnny Davis. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Johnny, uh, you've seen a lot of pirate football. Uh, for I guess people would like to know, uh, why did you decide now to stop being on the chain gang at Dowdy Ficklin? Well, I, I figured 35 years were long enough. And uh, one thing they did this year, we usually have a crew of 10. Right. And because of the uh, virus and everything going around this year, they cut it to five. So we got a five-man crew instead of a 10-man crew. And uh, – they wanted me to do what I would have had to do is uh, two jobs. Ordinarily, I keep up with the penalty chart for the officials. Every time there's a penalty, I got to record it. Uh, who did number, officials, the time, quarter. They want me to also keep the stats, you know, wherever the ball was spotted at. Like if it was first down ball on the 20, I had to do that every play. And I figured, you know, that that's just too much for one person to do, really. Because they're trying to run a play every 30 seconds. All I would be doing was writing. I wouldn't know see none of the game. <laughs> well, Johnny, you, we got we got your partner in crime, Kyle Barber, that can help you. Kyle from Grange could he knows a lot about football. He can be there on the chain gang. What do you say, Kyle? Well, he, he just said, Dave, that they had cut the crew in half. So I'm not sure how I could be of any help. It's Kyle from LaGrange. He is. It is Kyle from LaGrange. I got I got I got Ken folks in LaGrange, man. Uh I graduated from high school in the Grange. Uh, well, was it North Lenore at the time? No, it was before North Lenore. It was Frank. Frank. Oh yeah, yeah, the middle school. It's the now, middle right? school now. Yeah, 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 it was the. Uh, it was. It was the. Uh, I guess it was the segregated black high school back in the day. Right. Yeah, it was a black high school. It was Frank and Lenore County. It was Frank, Savannah, and Woodington. That's right. Yeah. No, I went to middle school at Frank, and uh, so yeah, I know that school well. Um, who's your family in here here in uh, Lagrange? Uh, well, you remember Bobby Dawson? I know who you're talking about. Yeah, my, my wife. I'm not originally from here. Okay, my wife is originally from here. I I did move here briefly when I went to middle school and then moved away again. Um, my my wife grew up here 
And uh, we, we actually live on the land. This is turning into a personal segment here. But we, uh, we live on the land where she grew up off 903. You know where Jason is? Yeah, going towards Snow Hill. Yeah, that's where I live. Okay. Yeah, I've been through that way. Yeah, I got, if anybody, Gardner, Davis, Sutton, they relate to me in LaGrange. Oh, yeah, no, a lot of Suttons. No, a lot of Suttons. <laughs> Johnny, uh, we wanted to have you on to celebrate uh, your time at Dowdy Fingerman. Appreciate, by the way, that's for anybody, the guys, to do it a handful of hey, years. Wait, wait, wait one second, Dave. Wait one second, Dave. Uh, Sutton's Grill, was that your people? Maybe. They probably were. I mean, I, I was like um, teenage back in that day. That's been, that's been like 50 some years. I can't remember way back then, man. <laughs> gotcha. But Johnny, what I was saying after uh, over 30 years, I mean, that's a long time. Uh, can you tell us, uh, I guess, where? To, how did you get the job? And do you remember the first game you did at Dowdy Ficklin? I can't remember the first game, but I believe Art Baker was the coach. Uh, and I got into it. My next door neighbor, he was a big into the Pirate Club. And I started going to games with him. And uh, his brother was in the Pirate Club also. His name was Gil Davis. I don't know if you know him or not. But uh, he got me into doing it for him. You know, we just go every Saturday. I live right next to him. And uh, I just started doing it. I started off on the chain game, you know, pulling the chain. Then I got a promotion to the uh, – they called me the sideline liaison. That means I just kept the penalty chart. Every time there was a flag thrown. I had to record all that. And uh, that's basically how I got started, really. It's, it was it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I probably would stay on, but, you know, with the corona, the virus going around, I probably didn't need to be around all them people. But they uh, said not going to be anybody at the game. So, but 35 years is enough. I just watch it on TV. <laughs> uh, you were actually part of nine – nine different head coaches, you know, when you think about a lot of times members of the media covering the White House and they say this person, this man or woman has been through nine administrations, but you've been through, a, a, I mean, that's a long time. I was, so I was 11 years old when you started, uh, they were still in diapers and I was 11 when you started the chain gang. That's how long ago it's been. Let me see if I can name those nine. Let me see. Okay. Art Baker. I believe Bill Lewis came out to Art Baker, right? Yep. Yep. Baker, Lewis, Logan. Yep. Uh, Thompson. There you go. That's right. That's four, right? Yep. Uh, after Thompson, we had uh, Skip Hoke. There you right. go. Five. After Hoke, we had Coach Ruff. Yep. After That's Coach right. Ruff, we had Coach Mo Montgomery. That's right. And now, uh, Coach Houston. That's right. right. Did you start under Emory or Baker? That's what we had, Emory. But did you start? Yeah, no, it, it, it was 1984. That was the final year. Okay, it had to be. If it was 84, yeah. Yeah, it, it had to be Coach Emory. And then Coach Baker came in. Right. So there you go. We had those uh, nine. Emory, Baker, Lewis, Logan, Thompson, Holtz, Ruff, Montgomery, and Houston. So. Uh, what changes do you remember during that time? I mean, there's a lot of changes from 1984 to 2019. What are some of the things that really stick out as far as maybe the stadium or maybe the 
the fans or what, what, what sticks out for you? Well, the main thing, when I, when I started there, there was no televised game, you know, and I remember we used to have Thursday night games sometimes. We had, we had a couple Thursday night games. And we always had a fight. <laughs> the Thursday night game in the stands or something. I was a student then. That was a, the Syracuse game, I believe. Remember that? Ronald McNabb. And yeah. Back then. Marvin Gray. And that good receiver was one of what? Uh, what? Rocket, the, the Ismail boy. One of the, what's his brother's name? His brother played at Notre Dame, Rocket. Yeah. Right. And then, um, like you're saying, his his, um, his brother at, at Syracuse was, was Quadri. Yeah, Quadri. Yeah, that's him. They, they called him the missile. Yeah. He, now, I got a story about him. You know, he used to, you could smoke inside the stadium, you know, back in the day. And he would smoke on the sideline on the chain game. And he'd, all, he'd come up and he'd say, sir, Will you please not smoke? <laughs> I remember that about him. Rocket Ismail, yeah. But uh, you know, there was a lot there, there was no television and the games were a lot shorter. You know, games we get out of there in two and a half, three hours. Now it's like four hours, you know, with all the, the TV because see they got to do like four commercials every quarter. <laughs> and uh it, it's it gets kind of tough really. Especially when it's cold and rainy. Everybody in, the, everybody in the stands is like, drag that guy in the red shirt off the field now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we call that guy the red hat. Right. Well, some of the worst – you mentioned it being cold and rainy. Uh, what's some of the worst weather? What's some of the games you can remember with the worst weather that you had to work in? Oh, man. Conference championship game in 09 against Houston. Oh, that December, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was it was cold that day. It was rough that day, but mostly we had pretty good weather considering, you know, they have a rain shower every now and then. Uh I can deal with the cold better than the rain. Yeah. Because when you got to write, you know, that uh that, that don't take too well when you're trying to write and it's raining. But uh, yeah, it, it's uh the television really changed things there. And also, when we first started, uh, we used to go into uh, – we always get to the game an hour and a half before starting time. And uh, <clears throat> we'd immediately go in and have a conference with the officials. You know, it was down under the, uh, under the north stand where the officials dressed it, and they let us in, you know, and they had good snacks, good food and everything in there. Then the last ten years, they moved them. Out. I think they moved them over with Minji. So that that was that was a one. Of, that was a big change, also. What was some of the as far as coaches are concerned uh, for ECU or for the opposing coaches? Did you have any that um, memorable moments? Maybe some exchanges between coaches on maybe for our side or maybe the away side that you can tell us. Oh yeah, uh, now when. Some crews come in, uh, they want me on the home side for one half and on the visitor side for one half. That's why the ACC, when the ACC come, crew comes in, they want you like that. But the other crews, I, most of them on the visitor side. Okay. Uh, and uh, the worst coach, really, I mean, you probably knew him. Guy from Southern Miss named uh, 
your name? Jeff Bow. Jeff Bow. He was terrible. That's <laughs> <laughs> for all our Southern Miss fans that are watching right now. Your coach is the worst. <laughs> Man, he complained. He complained about just about every play. I'll tell you a, a story about him. You know, most of those teams, they got to get back coaches. They keep the, the teams back. And uh, the coaches can stand out there. And he was he was getting in our way. And the officials always tell us, if you got problems, let me know. But we kept having problems with him. So we got to go. We said, we're going to get this guy. So <laughs> we got him. He was out there around the chain. And one guy wrapped, went into the chain around his leg. And when it was the first down we had to move, we jerked and yanked his leg. Boy, you should have stared some of his language. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he 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 had a he had a real good uh he was real good about speaking the English language. I say that. Well, you know the uh, him and Logan, him and Logan had a lot of great battles, and we love Brother Miss. And of course, they're without uh, their head coach resigned uh, yesterday. Uh, we're gonna talk, in fact, we're going to talk about that, Johnny, at, at the end of the show uh, here in a little bit. Uh, we'll have the guys from to the top. A podcast who broke that story along with us, so we'll be talking to them. Uh, Johnny, I, I had a question, a follow-up question that Bauer talked about Southern Miss. Uh, do you remember a guy on the sidelines when uh, Jeff Bauer was there at Southern Miss? Uh, a, 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 a a priest named Father Tommy that used to carry a shillelagh stick down there on the sidelines. I believe I do remember that guy. Yeah, he he was a legend down there. He would hold up that shillelagh, which is a which is a Catholic. Um, well, I don't want to call it just a stick, but it's some <laughs> Irish Catholic church thing. <laughs> and uh, he would hold that shillelagh up and wave it at the crowd. And uh, I remember some of our fans thinking it was a voodoo stick. <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was a guy from Temple that was like that, too, a little old bitty. I, I guess he was a, well, you can't you can't call him midgets, can you? He was, he was a little man. <laughs> You can if you want to. It's fine with me. <laughs> but uh, he had a, yeah. I guess he was. He had a. He was. I guess he was Kathy having a little head on his collar and stuff. Yeah. Boy, he he talked more trash than anybody I know on the sideline. Like they had. He, they gave him a sideline pass. I guess he was with the team. I don't know if he was the team priest or what. But yeah, they. Yeah, they. They're a lot of characters down there, man. I can tell you that. Yeah, but any fans ever give you any trouble that maybe after a game or uh, people that are interfering with what you're trying to do? No, 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 no. I mean, uh, and to show you how people were when we going into the stadium where there was 10 of us in the crew and we meet at, I don't know if you know where, you know where J.C. Park is in Greenville? Yeah. Uh, that, we'd meet there and then we'd, we'd take two cars and drive to the to the stadium. Well, when we got out of the car, we we got uniforms just like the officials, basically, you know. But we got the uh, pirate shirts on they give to us, and the people they so dumb, man. Fans, cause they out there tailgating and drinking and carrying on. Got they just saying, "Hey, come on, can I get can I get some good calls today?" They think we officials, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, one guy the year the year that we played Carolina, I think it was the. The seven into what forty one game? Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, and uh, the guy we were walking in, the guy come up. And he was, you know, he had been been tailgating all morning, all day basically. 
And he put out his wallet, man, and pulled out. He pulled about two or three hundred dollars. He said, "Come on, come on, blue. Uh, uh, take this, take this. I want some calls, man." I reached for it, <laughs> put it back in his pocket. <laughs> well, did he snatch it back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was playing with me. He, he I guess, he thought I wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna take it. But well, I you know what? You could have took it because you ain't an official. <laughs> I know you're right. Yeah. You just told you're him right. I got you, baby. I got you. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> That's but, nice. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Bow, man. He, he, that guy, man. He, he, he complained about everything. I'm telling you, now the East, East Carolina coach that was bad like that. Scotty Montgomery, man, he was terrible, really. Oh, wow. they, you know, they he, he bitched and complained so much on a call, every call. You know what the officials do over there? They walk by and laugh and keep going. Yeah. I, I got – it seems like, you know, I, I, it's hard to remember every coach, but uh, it, it seems like Rick Minner when he was at Cincinnati would have been that way. Do you, do you remember Coach Minner? Yeah. Well, was put, he, was he like that? Yeah, not really because Miller he kind of stayed down and went into the field by himself. Okay. You know? But uh, the guy that was at Tulsa, what's the guy's name? Todd Graham. Steve. Now, I know exactly who you're talking about. Steve Cragthorpe back yeah, in the day. Cragthorpe, yeah. That's him. That's him. He was bad too. His daddy was an assistant with him. Yeah, he 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 was he was a bad guy too. Steve Cragthorpe, he, he moved on to Louisville, and uh, things didn't go very well for him at Louisville. Yeah, I can, great I can see why. I can see why. Did not work. <laughs> hey, Johnny, I have a I have a question. As far as we talk about the worst, is there a, one of your favorite coaches for the opposing team? Or is it like is there a guy that you were surprised that maybe they were very nice to you or that they were cool to you? Oh yeah, Charlie Scrum. Really? Yeah, South Florida. Yeah, he was great, man. Yeah, he he he, he talked to you all the time with him down. Most most of the coaches don't want to talk to you, but he would. You know, he talked to you and laugh with you and Carol. Yeah, Charlie, Coach Strong. Yeah, he was a good guy. Uh, the uh, trying to think this boy from uh, oh, Coach Houston when he was at uh. Jane Madison came. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was real good. He went his strength coach, Big John. Yeah. Yeah. He's from Greenville. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we talked, we talked about that. We talked a lot. Yeah. yeah. But coach, he was real nice too. He's a good guy. I'm glad to hear that. I thought you were gonna say that he was tough on you. <laughs> no, no, Coach Houston, he's a good guy. I see him, you know. And uh Coach Ruff, he he talked to me all the time too when I was over there. Yeah. Yeah, he 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 talked to him. Yeah, we love we love uh, of course uh, with Ruff and uh, and now with uh, Houston. How do you? Uh, one question I had, Johnny, is how do you feel about the program? Do you think things are heading the right direction under Coach Mike Houston? Man, it's got to because it can't get no worse than what it was, man. <laughs> but yeah, I think it is, man. I give him give him a couple more years, get his, get his people in there, you know, and. Uh, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking next year be the year. Yeah, that sounds what right. Uh, what about are you going to come? You said you're going to watch the games. Why not come and hang out with Kyle and all of us in the stands next year? 
I might do that, man. I might do that. Um, I told the old crew that I'll probably meet up with them to you we usually eat before the game, meet up over at Parker's. Oh yeah. I'll probably meet up with them a couple of times, but other than that, you know, I might I, I might go to a couple of games. Yeah, that's that might be all that we could go to, Johnny. Because <laughs> <laughs> I you know, really, man, I you know what? I, I hate to say this. I don't know if they're gonna play or not. Uh, we're playing. We're playing. Uh, you know, we won't, there was already games this past weekend. and Yeah, I saw that, yeah. yeah but you know what? I'm glad we didn't play Marshall, ain't you? Woo. You know what? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I, that Eastern Kentucky team has a brand-new head coach, and yeah. I don't think they made a very good hire. Uh, Eastern Kentucky I'm talking about. Um, so, uh, you know, Scotty Montgomery, when he first took over, we looked real good against Western Carolina in yeah. uh, his first game. But uh, it, it, I don't know. I, I think uh, we'll know more about Marshall when they play Appalachian State uh, in two weeks. Yeah. But then Montgomery win it. He won his first two, didn't he? He did, yeah. Didn't he beat State? He did. Yeah. And then the South – it should be 3-0, actually, John. Yeah, South Carolina game. The South and Carolina. it all fell apart. We, we lost the game 20 to 15, and we fumbled what, uh, Bubba, three times inside the five? Well, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he he stayed on the officials too, man. He, he chew him out, he, he chew, he chew out, he chew somebody out every play. Was he talking? Was he talking nice? Was he talking nice? Yeah. Are we exchanging uh, Christmas cards with them, or are you think that they probably won't be allowed in this house? Uh, I, 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 we can't say that on right now. Yeah, he he had some choice words for him, you know. But, uh, hey, now, Johnny, what what about some of the NC State and North Carolina coaches? For NC State, I was just thinking uh, they, they didn't come to Greenville until Mike O'Kane in 99, but uh, you had Coach O'Kane, also uh, Coach O'Brien, Tom O'Brien, uh, also uh, – yeah, uh, no. And, no, uh, and Joe Amato never came to Greenville. That's right. Dave Doran came. Yep. Yeah, Dave, Dave Doran. And so, and then obviously for the Tar Heels, Butch Davis, uh, John Bunning, and also uh, Larry Fedora multiple times. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Coach, uh, Coach, Coach O'Kane, he, he never said much. You know, he was kind of like Coach Logan on the sideline. You know, he, he didn't say a whole lot, a whole lot. But, uh, and of course, uh, Coach O'Brien, you know, he never said nothing. He just stood there. You know, I'd never seen him say anything to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they, they haven't had the most exciting coaches at NC State between yeah. between uh between uh, Mike O'Kane, Tom O'Brien, and Dave Doran. They uh they they they, they kind of hire some stiffs over there. What but about the one Amato? time they did hire somebody with some personality yeah. was it was a uh, motto. Motto. I miss him. Yeah. Uh, old clown juice. Chucky. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that picture of a motto. I'll send it to you guys, and we'll put it on our social media maybe. He, it's a blast from the past, back from uh, I don't know if it was 2004, five or six, somewhere through there. And Coach Amato was kind of like this, right in the official's face, and the look on his face was oh, priceless. Yeah, yeah. I know the yeah. picture you're talking about. Chuck, the, Chuck the chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Coach. I like you know, I like Coach Amato. He had uh, uh, Phil Rivers, didn't he? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Makes the job a lot easier when you got Philip Rivers. One <laughs> eleven, maybe twelve ball games. 
they said they were talking about how he threw his thorn motion and all that. Well, how long the guy been in the league? Fifteen years? A long time. Yeah. Yeah, famer for sure. Bubba, we have a comment from Johnny Gardner. We have another Johnny Johnny. Uh, let's see if we put that up on the screen. He said, Johnny's a character, love the story. So you got a you got a new fan there along with us, Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Gardner. Another Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen quite a few coaches come in there. And, you know, of course, you really sometimes some of them will talk to you and some of them won't. I remember uh when Miami came in, they had uh, Jimmy Johnson was there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know they are. He uh, before the game, and he, I don't know why he did this. He he walked up. He asked me. He said, uh, "Which way is north and which way is south?" You know, at the stadium. I told him. I said, "This stadium runs east west." He said, "That's unusual." And most stadiums run north south, yeah. don't. Yep. But Pittman runs east west. <laughs> <laughs> Right, he, got who knows? But yeah, you're right. Uh, Bubba might be. Bubba might know this. Uh, how many college stadiums, Bubba, are there that run uh, that run east west? There's not many. That's a good point. No clue. No clue. I have no idea. That's a good uh, research project for Bubba Rosenbaum. <laughs> um, Johnny, as far as I don't have anything else to do. No, you don't have anything to do, right? <laughs> Death, teacher. Uh, husband, all that. Uh, Johnny, as far as uh, do you have any idea what you'll miss on these game days? I mean, how many hours are you talking that you had to devote to a, a Saturday or a game, Thursday, Friday game at, at home? You'll miss well, being the co eds. Well, for, for a three o'clock game, uh, we got it staying at 1 30. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I just live in Aiden, which is like 15 minutes from Greenwood. So it just takes me 15 minutes to get there. We get to stay in 1.30, and uh, if the game started at 3, well, you leaving there about 7, 7.15. So it take, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole day. Uh, I don't get to look at uh, uh, too many of the co-heads or nothing like that, man. Once again, you might need to go before the game start, you know. But uh, <laughs> once the game start, man, you so busy trying to keep up with everything, man. Because if you ain't uh, – you. You kind of get chewed out a little by, by some of the officials, you know. You got some, you got some fish that's nasty too. Who are some? Is there some that maybe we know, or uh, maybe? About, have you ever worked a game with Ron Cherry? No, I, he's an ACC guy, right? Yeah. yeah, I believe I did. I don't know. If, no, because he's always the real. He was always the referee. We didn't have him. We had the other guy, the guy that had a heart attack at the Carolina game. What's his name? Oh, you remember? Few years ago, that name's yeah. I remember something happening, but I can't remember. The, I don't know the name of the official, but because that happened when we were playing um, 2001, we were playing Syracuse. It was the second or third game of the year, the way game and the Carrier Dome. And the first or second quarter, the official had the heart attack right there yeah. on the. Yeah, I can't think of the guy. Name. Carrier Dome, but I don't know about. Hey, Johnny, who was the uh, and Bobby? You 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 gonna have to help me out with this, but you'll know what I'm talking about. It was either it's either an American official, a hit official, or uh, or either it was in Conference USA that had the really nasal voice like this. You'd be holding on the offense. <laughs> I know you. I know you would always uh, laugh about that too, Kyle. We we've discussed that on the phone. I don't recall the guy's name, but I know exactly who you're talking about because when when he would open his mic and 
and describe whatever the penalty was. And I would say that I would imitate him, and the people around us would just die laughing. Do you, do you know who we're talking about, Johnny? I, I don't know who you're talking about, but you know what? You died on that penalty on East Carolina. <laughs> When you're on the field down there, even the guy that sometimes those guys got their mic, you can't hear them because of the noise, man. Yeah, then the, you know, the noise travels out, then you're on field. Yeah. yeah. And see, I've got to get whoever the whoever committed the whoever committed the foul, I've got to get that guy's number, you know, and uh, and and record it. And I asked, I, I used to stay with the side judge. He's the guy that's all the way back by the back judge. I used to stay with him. So he gets me the numbers and stuff. I said, what number was it? The way I get it for you. And it had to be about the next time out before you can get the number, man. But, you know, it's it's kind of crazy down there. There's always there's always a group of guys that sit behind me that's all, throughout the whole game that seems like they're yelling, <laughs> hey, side judge. Yeah, those guys, you know, they, I didn't realize. You know, most of those guys are high school officials. Did you know that? Did not. Most, most of them were high school gangs on uh, Thursday nights down in Texas. I had one guy, they were telling me about uh, uh, he worked high school gangs in Texas. He was saying that officials in Texas can make $800 a game officiating football. I believe it. You know, Texas high school football oh. is so huge. Some of their stadiums are, are, are the equivalent of FCS football stadiums. I know they are. I know they are. He told me, he said, man, he said, but man, you got to be really good. He said, the coaches got to want you. He said, you go in and screw it. He said, they, you won't ever go back there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. We're very excited to have you, Johnny. I tell you what, uh, you're such a legend and glad to, to meet you. And uh, I know the one good thing about you guys is that you guys are uh, invisible. But boy, like you said, if you made a mistake, then uh, everybody would know about it, right? So it's good that you are invisible as, as far as that you're not a part of the game. Yeah, as long as they don't know who we are. <laughs> I told somebody uh, that would be – somebody should have done a store on us, you know, about about running the, uh, the chain crew. But, you know, they never think about nothing like that. Uh, you know, I, That's why I, we, I, we do. I know we y'all do. Y'all do. We're do. That that'd be a good segment to um, maybe not this year with the five man crew, but uh, I might mention that to to, to Medor for for a segment on the uh, on the Coach Houston show coming up. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm going Medo. He used to be at Channel Nine, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, nine, yeah. yeah. yeah he made his way around and uh, a good friend of the podcast. I'm known him for he's a really good guy and he is man. He he works his tail off, and I tell you one thing, people don't realize. Uh, I saw it today on YouTube. And I thought about him. People don't realize I tease him all the time by asking when he sleeps because they don't realize how many hours it takes to put into that show. And if they did, they would uh, they would be amazed at the amount of time you spend for like a twenty three minute program. I can I know, man. I can't believe it. Hours, hours and hours. So um, do, do y'all get to go to the practices and stuff? Not right now. Not right now. Nobody does right now. It's all. Is all Zoom. You you get to talk to Coach Houston after the practice, yeah. like we're doing right now via via the internet. But uh, normally, uh, yeah, uh, Dave would would be going to the practices. Yeah, I tell you one thing, Johnny. 
uh, not to pick on uh, Coach Montgomery, but the coaches uh, last year seeing the practices with Mike Houston versus uh, Montgomery was night and day, night and day. I heard, I heard, I'm hearing that. I believe it too, because you can see the teams really are, are night and day. You know. And if you, hey, if you don't like Montgomery, if you don't believe in tackling and practice, ask Navy how it feels not to tackle. Yeah, I saw that game. When was it? Friday? Last night. That's unlike Navy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they, they, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was just a decision of Coach Miyamatololo, if it was the Naval Academy, or if it was because of the state of Maryland, but they did not practice tackling or hitting basically all fall camp because of COVID. They practiced against tackling dummies in the air. So I mean, uh, that ain't gonna get you ready for football. I heard him say on a, in a, on his interview that it was his fault. It was, and, and I believe that game last night probably helped them more than anything because BYU is a physical football team, and when you when you don't practice with any physicality, which is not like Navy, he he was trying to be smart because of COVID, but uh, went too far the other way. And uh, that game last night will probably help them because they're going to have to get physical in a hurry. And, boy, they got physical last night. BYU beat the hell out of them. <laughs> I mean, 55-3, to three, that's, not even, uh, that's not even the same time zone, man. Good it could have been worse. Is it true that Navy only had like 118 yards rushing? Yeah. They, I mean, they lost Malcolm Perry, but it, it still shouldn't have been – it was all about the way they practiced. And yeah, huge okay. mistake on his part. Um, and like I said, it, you know, I understand about being, about being cautious about COVID, but you can't yep. go that far. No. Nah. You're not even tackling because you're going to tackle on game day. You're right about that. All right, well, Johnny, I tell you what, I hope you won't be a stranger, and I, I hope you'll come back on with us so we can talk some more. Maybe during the f uh, football season, now that you don't have to worry about going to the games, you can uh, hang out with us on the show, and uh, you're a lot of fun. I love the stories, and we're really proud of you, and we wanted to honor you tonight by having you on. I told Bubba we wanted to have you on because that's a long time, man, to be doing that, and we are very appreciative and grateful of all that you did for us. Yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. I really do. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on, and uh, we'll have you on again real soon. Thank you so okay, much. All right. Thank you. All. all right. There we had there Johnny, and we're moving now to a friend of the podcast, Chuck Young. He had, how are you, Chuck? I worked doing well, sir. I had, had trouble. New laptop. Didn't want to accept Google Chrome. So. <laughs> well, we're glad you're here. We saw that on Saturday that you had 22 years of Fort Worth Ministries, and we were very proud of that. And then I noticed that Bubba and I saw that, wait a minute, our good friend Chuck Young is not going to be with us anymore. You're always going to be a, a friend and always put a pirate, but we wanted to have you on tonight to talk about your exciting news. Well, yeah, it, it is uh, 20, 22 years we're very grateful for, but it, it won't be 23. God's been doing a lot of things both in me the last couple of years as well. Outwardly, the things that we know have changed with COVID and all of those different things, and he just kind of in the process of merging the two of those together, put on my heart that it was time to do something a little different. And we applied to a lot of different church jobs and, and joked that the one we applied to furthest away would be the one God was going to 
<laughs> choose and sure enough <laughs> that has been the case and we're excited about going but it is it is a long ways away yeah you're going to kansas right sub sublet kansas so yeah we're, we're we're further west than dodge city by about another 35 miles yeah guys well, I so as soon as i saw the news chuck um I was like, I have to see where in Kansas it's located. It's, it's the southwest corner, and so so you're about to what, maybe 45 minutes or so from Oklahoma, but then also no more than probably an hour, hour and 10 minutes from Colorado. Well, it's it's a little for it's five hours to Denver, so yeah, not not but about that to get into Colorado. Two hours north of Amarillo. There's a junior college in Liberal. There's one in Garden City and one in Dodge City, and so. Shank had said he'd kind of been around to all three of those at some point. So we, uh, a third of our beef kind of comes out of those, those three towns are where all the meat processing plants are. So you have big old uh, feedlots. So cows, as far as the eye can see, and all the farmers and sublet grow and store all the feed in order to feed all those animals to beef them up. So it's kind of an isolated in time place. The economy will probably never really grow like crazy unless something else comes in there, but it also won't go away because the beef will always be needed and, and it'll just do its thing. But uh, a neat town, small town, and a church that's been in that town longer than any other, Sublet Christian Church. So we will pastor there and, and look forward to getting involved in their community. And we will miss the pirates and then all that goes on here. But uh, there just there was there was a lot a lot that changed all around us. Um, you know, we, we kind of can't do things anywhere near the normal that we once did, and I don't know when we'll be able to get back to that. I hope one day someone will, but uh, we just felt like it was time. Chuck, as far as uh, the ministry is concerned, I know that you've been a chaplain since the Logan days, and you've been uh, thank you to be you've been a friend of the podcast since the very beginning, back two and a half years ago. Uh, talk about, uh, do you know of anybody that will take over after you? Will this ministry with sports force continue or is it going to be someone else would have to start their own ministry? Uh, well, I mean, there's, there's ministries. There've been people trying to get in and around me for years. <laughs> the FCA crowd has tried every time there's a new coach to slide in the door around me. Um, uh, and, and with coach Houston, he brought his guy from JM. Um, we were working together, but, but, you know, I just kind of feel like they have their relationship. Let's let that do its thing. Um, again, same group kind of came in around us with some of the other teams when we couldn't eat and it's like, okay, they, they can have it. Um, baseball, I don't know what baseball do. I had a special loyalty relationship there. We we're still ministering to them as, as we speak and doing some things. I just have to go about it differently because you can't, i.e. the governor, so nowhere on campus can have a gathering of a certain number, so you're just kind of trying to work in and with and however with those situations, but uh, we'll, we'll keep ministering until we leave town to that crowd, and at that point, I, I'm not sure what I'll do. I'm going to coach Galvin and see else in town, but sports, I will probably skeleton it to the end of the fiscal year, December 31st, some back expenses and reporting to do, but it will likely dissolve at the end of December. My board still has to decide that, but I, but I think it's probably going to run its course. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Chuck, you you haven't been allowed during COVID to uh, 
to, to um, I guess, have gatherings with, uh, I guess, primarily you've been working with baseball, you said. So has the university not allowed you to have gatherings with the players? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we were trying to find a place on campus to get the baseball team together for dinner and Bible study. And because we were over 25, they, they wouldn't allow us to meet anywhere. I, I'm not quite sure why it's okay for football to have a team meeting, but that's not my jurisdiction. So I'm not complaining. I just don't know what the rules seem to be in one situation, but not in another situation. But well, I'm Chuck, not I, I, can, I, I can tell you, I, get with me when you get off the air, and I'll tell you a little gimmick that you can get around it where you can have all the people you want. <laughs> Well, those may have been found. <laughs> okay, yeah, you figured it out already. <laughs> they, they may have been found, but you don't see me posting any pictures of anything anywhere. So. There you go. <laughs> and, and, and I, I've got friends as team doctors, and they're monitoring, you know, and there's been plenty of athletes in plenty of our sports that have tested positive. But the reality is it's no more than having a cold or feeling a little – under the weather for a day or two and they're okay. But I also have friends that are older that have passed away from it. So, I mean, I, my emotions go all over the board with it. I just, yeah, I'm glad I don't make those decisions. I get paid to make them. So yeah. I'll stay in the lane. <laughs> Chuck, I wanted to ask you as far as uh, you've done a lot of great work for, thank you again. I can't thank you enough for all the hard work you've done and all the, I, I, one thing I was going to say before I, I was going to be serious, but the folks at Sam's Club is going to, they going to close their doors for they, all the they, you bought. They, they, just, they just took a pretty big hit from, from me pulling out of town for sure. They, 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 they lost some, some serious weekly revenue, no, no doubt. But them and the propane, propane company and the wood pellet companies and, and everything else, but, but, Jesus gets the credit for all that stuff. My wife and I and the family are blessed and honored that we can serve in that way and, and to be able to share him with, you know, and since I put our house on kind of Facebook, you know, wanting to hurry up and get movement, I've heard from more student-athletes that spanned all those years, and that's that's more than enough blessing to me just to see the lives they're living now and the families they're raising, and many of them are coaching and have an impact on young men all across the state. Some are pastoring, and all those different things just just make that more than worthwhile. I wanted to ask you as far as your relationship with uh, I know we talked before, but Coach Keith LeClair, uh There's certain memories that we'll have to have you back on. We have more time uh, to honor you uh, properly, uh, but obviously, yeah, Coach LeClair, I know that y'all are very close. Yeah, and I, I mean, I sharing with baseball guys that we got together. You know, that that just came up again, like guys. I understand that he, he pushed – well, I wanted him to understand two things. One, their current coach, you know, to me was one of them because he was sitting in my house as the first group that we had in there. So, I, you know, I have a different relationship with him, and they don't – can't imagine me seeing him that way. But but then the, the hard work that gets put into everything, uh, the, the coach called ALS a blessing because it stopped him – literally in his tracks of kind of worshiping getting Omaha and baseball and caused him to realize he needed Jesus and that Jesus loved him dearly, even in the midst of all that. And often if we don't slow down, we, we can miss all those things because we just get caught up and we're driven on a certain task and God's got to get a hold of us uh, and, and he will do so. But 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chuck, uh, you, you talking about that relationship with obviously Coach LeClaire, but then Cliff Godwin, and that was one of the things that I was going to bring up. Just I know uh, Coach Godwin obviously happy for you and your new opportunity, but at the same time, I'm sure he's uh, very sad to see you go. Yeah, we're, we're going to sit down Thursday. He, he knew that I was going to interview, and, and I was trying to keep him uh, abreast of where we were headed. Um, I haven't had a chance to sit down and talk to him since, uh, last Sunday. Last Sunday, folks at Grace Church uh, ordained me. I had an ordination, but not in a setting with other pastors like that, so that was a special time. So I got that vote of confidence and installment at the same time the church called that they had had their vote and wanted us to come. So that was a big day, and I haven't had a chance to sit down with Coach Gowan yet, but look forward to it on Thursday. And we, we are trying to find him some folks in town that would, like, do Sunday chapels other things, and I think we have some good candidates for that. It's good to hear. No question about it, Chuck. And I know that, again, we're going to have you. Uh, we wanted to have this. Uh, it's kind of like breaking news, so we wanted to have you on. But we definitely want to have you back on uh, soon. Uh, what if you, by the way, before we forget, uh, when are you leaving town? Well, it was, we were trying to get the house sold. We, we, we can't really wait for a closing. The closing's about 30 days. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually finishing here talking to Kevin Sullivan about some offers that are just coming in and breaking after just a couple of days. So, um, but they want me there by October 1st. <laughs> Find a place for donkeys and horses and transport them all the way across the country as well as ourselves. And there's a lot of moving parts going on as we speak. So um, we, I, I don't know exactly when we'll be pulling out of town, but uh, all right. hope, hopefully it won't be too much longer. But. All right, but before we let you go, we've got a comment, and then we're going to get to yeah. the top podcast, Jason Bailey. Um, but jo Johnny Gardner said, had not heard the news of Chad. Congratulations, sir. You have been a tremendous blessing to our program and the Greenville community. Best wishes on your new adventure. So Johnny Gardner's a great guy and class of 91. He graduated four years before I did. Uh, well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate all the comments from, from folks because it, it has been our – our blessing and our honor, like I said, we, we feel humbled that we had the chance to be here. And, um, and again, it's just exciting to see the number of, of guys that are have matured, grown, doing great things and, and having a big impact and that we had any part to be able to love on them and share the hope of Jesus just uh, kind of baffles me that God would allow us to be a part of such things. So grateful. Yeah, one final question for you. How many, do you have any idea uh, how many uh, athletes that you touched over 22 years? I'm putting you on the spot. I know. That, you know, that, that's hard because on one hand, you think it's just got to be ridiculous. Same time, they're, they're here four or five years. So you're, you're adding, you're adding probably about 55 new ones each year from what you started with. So I, it, it's over a thousand. I know that. I, I'm not quite sure how to figure all that up but we've given away about as many bibles i know that too and who knows how many meatballs and pieces of mac and cheese we serve <laughs> you're definitely hey, hey chuck you were the training table long before the training table was cool oh that that, that was when coach logan and i met and like hey what can i do for you and at that time there was no talk of training tables he's like my doesn't eat very well on this one night 
I said, yeah, coach, but you don't practice on that night, so they're not showing up at my house. So you got to pick a different night. So it became Wednesday <laughs> night. And he wanted me to do Monday. I was like, coach, the last thing they want to do is come around to you or anything to do with football on Monday. So Wednesdays it became, and it was good because that was our last really hard physical practice. So it was like the reward of the week was then come to our house and have have a big old meal. So. Yeah, well, thank you, Chuck, for you talk about presenting those guys with the purple Bible. Uh, I think it was Corey Scott. I saw here recently post a picture of his on Facebook. Uh, so I know that's something that means so much to them. Yeah, we, we, we because NIV changed and wanted more money, we had to go away from purple. Now I got one that has a big lion head on it. That, that's impressive too. But, but that that was my annual egg hunt was trying to find purple Bibles for Coach LeClaire to get those things out. But it got hard, but they're still getting Bibles, and Cliff's still making sure of that, and, and I've got a box full of them for the new crew company that's just got here. So uh, we still have the same label inside that, that Coach LeClaire typed up for his group. So the message is still the same. Thank you, Chuck, for all that you've done. And, again, like I said, uh, real soon we'll have you on so we can have maybe some former players and coaches come on. We'll do uh, – to honor you. I appreciate you very much for coming on tonight and congratulations on the new adventure. Uh, selfishly, I'm going to miss you a lot and I appreciate everything you did for the program and I know you're going to do great things out in Kansas. I, I appreciate I thank you on all y'all do. So I'm, I'm just very grateful. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Chuck, very much. Chuck Young there. Appreciate him very much. And there was some breaking news yesterday, believe it or not. Uh, what a big day. If you're a Southern Miss fan, you obviously saw the top uh, talk podcast. You saw the guys there break it. I know we had uh, heard and we also mentioned too. Jason Bailey from To the Top uh, Talk Podcast. How are you? What's happening, fellas? Uh, this is cool, man. First time I've been a part of something like this. Um, this is neat. Uh, and how am I? So I am way better than I was uh, last Thursday night. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's a. Uh, it's kind of a, um, you know, everybody loves Jay uh, around here, but, you know, at Southern Miss, there's certain expectations. And um, and thus far, you know, he, he did kind of steady the ship. And um, it was really like a stabilizing force, I think, for the football program. Um, but we all felt that the last quarter, I guess you could say, of last season – um, something happened, you know, and I'm not exactly sure what that was, but, you know, we were in pretty good shape last year um, and, and, and with, with seven wins and then lost the final three games of the year and just got handled. I mean, we lost 38-10 to 10 to Western Kentucky, 34-17 to FAU, and then Tulane just handled us in the bowl game. Um, and it was a lot of the same, all three games in a row. So entering this year, uh, you know, we're, we're hoping we had put that behind us. And what we saw the first game of the year was a lot of the same. So I found a lot of people hit me up and ask me, you know, what, why the knee-jerk reaction? And my answer is it's not really a knee-jerk reaction. This is four in a row. And on top of that, it, it, this, was, this was a lot Jay as well, making this decision for himself. So, you know, it's, it's sad to see him go. Uh, on one hand, but it was pretty clear that the program needed some new direction. And, and you know, 
looks like we're going to give it a go with a 30-year-old offensive coordinator. So looking forward to it. Now, you mentioned it being a lot of Jay's own decision. Would you say it's 50-50, or would you say it's more the administration or more Jay? I mean, to, to make a change after game one, um, what was, was there already – it, it kind of lends me to believe that there was some discussion going on somewhere before the season even started. And I know your, your co-OC, whose name's escaping me right now, I'm sure you can tell us all his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I know he had been a head coach at what the D three level, uh, right? A real young guy. So, mm-hmm. uh, do, do you so think it, it's, something that was talked about before the season even began? I don't know. I, I, I'm not privy to that. I do not believe so. Um, you know, this is a weird year, fellas. This is a, a year with 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 you know COVID and with uh, just with all that going on and with. Uh, uh, you know, entering your fifth year as a football coach, uh, trying to get that message across. Uh, you throw politics in there. You throw, you know, race relations in there, I think. And uh, and maybe all of that had a little bit to do with it. Um, and like we mentioned on our podcast, sometimes it's just time to go, right? The, the Philadelphia Eagles got rid of Andy Reid, for goodness sake, uh, at some point. That's one of the best coaches of football in the history of the world. So, um, maybe it was just time. Maybe it was mutual. Maybe it, uh, maybe it had a lot to do with all of what I just said. Um, but it, it's still a line from Jay. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, the program definitely just needed a shot in the arm, needed a little bit of new direction. And, and Jay stepped aside slash, you know, maybe shoved it, uh, maybe nudged aside. And, um, and, and here we are. But I, I do know that there's, there's, excitement now around the program that hasn't been there in at least a year and a half or so. And uh, your interim head coach, what is his name? And talk about his background. Uh, Scotty Walden. So Scotty Walden is 30 years old, uh, which freaks me out because I remember what I was doing at 30 years old. And I can't imagine myself leading a division one football program, much less, you know, during this time in America. Um, But so Scotty Walden is his fourth year here. Uh, he was the he's the co-offensive coordinator until you know yesterday. Um, I do not believe he's ever been allowed to call plays though. A uh, young guy, uh, super likable, big time energy. I think that might be the biggest thing right off the bat that you see is different between him and Jay Hobson. Jay Hobson, nothing wrong with being super duper even keel, um, but when you're kind of getting the same old same old, maybe a little bit of energy isn't a bad thing. I think Scotty's going to bring that right off the bat. Um, you mentioned the D3 school that he coached at. He actually played there as well as East Texas Baptist. And um, he uh, he played there as soon as he was done. I want to say he was offensive coordinator for a year and then became head coach and just put up crazy numbers, like 500 yards of offense and threw the ball all, all over the field. They like averaged around 50 throws per game. Um, so really came in with, with, uh, with a shot in the arm there. And Granted, uh, this is not Division three. But, uh, you know, it's his fourth year here. He's, he's not brand new to Hattiesburg. He's not brand new to Southern Miss or Conference USA or Division One football. So I love it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see what it looks like. Uh, I, I'm going to temper my expectations for the rest of the year. I think I went from, you know, looking at a conference championship and nine or ten wins this year to I hope we get better every game. But um, – but he is a he's a breath of fresh air. I'm gonna kind of move. Or I got a little bit more light here. <laughs> I don't know if you can see me over there. 
There you but, go. Um, yeah, well, in, in my defense, I almost missed this thing because I uh, I saw you said eight and ten, and I started thinking about it. You know, I was like, you know, does he mean Is that seven ten my time? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I hit up Jamie real quick. He was in the middle of a fantasy football draft. Um, he told me, you know what, you better log on. So I hit it up real quick. So I had an office set up in there with some Southern Miss stuff behind me and all that, but uh, I have my four-year-old running around. Um, my wife and my mother-in-law are in there eating dinner, so I came out to the garage and it's dark outside. So this is what you get. <laughs> You're fine, man. Yeah, I apologize about that. Uh, I apologize about that, Jason. That's my mistake. Uh, when I was texting you today or messaging you on Twitter, uh, had a lot going on and I failed to specify yeah. Eastern time. <laughs> oh, no problem, man. You know, I've ran into that on my podcast before. Uh, we we're uh, I was trying to interview um, Lamar Holmes with the Atlanta Falcons. And we had set it up, and I called him, and he said, man, I thought you were going to call me, like, you know, <laughs> an hour ago. I said, that's that's my bad. I should have specified. <laughs> so I get it, man. But I, I'm, I'm glad we could do this. This is, this is super neat. So, Jason, uh, what do you think uh, – what do you think Coach has to do to get the job on a permanent basis. I mean, you mentioned you tempered your expectations from a conference championship to get uh-huh. better every week. Uh, you think six wins gets him the job? or Heck yes. At this point, I, I think so. I mean, I think if you just see offensive improvement, if we see some ingenuity, if we see uh, something that we haven't seen for the last, you know, even though we did put up some offensive stats last year, we, we, we can't run the ball. If, if you see anything improving in that way, I'll just take energy on the sideline, energy on the sideline from the players, uh, uh, getting the team to play as one instead of a bunch of individuals out there. Uh, we got some good talent, man. We got speed out of this world. We got a kid named Frank Gore Jr. who might be one of the best we've ever had at some point. Um, we, we, you know, we, we, we've, got, we've got talent in the skill positions. In, in, in droves. Uh, so someone that can put that together. And, uh, you know, I, I've never been super-duper worried about Southern Miss's defense because through the years, I think we've, we've always held our own defensively. Uh, it's just when we get that guy that can put up a lot of points, we do really good. So, um, you know, so, so I guess that's what you're hoping for. Uh, six wins, I would sign up for that right now and back up the Brinks truck. <laughs> now, I know – if he doesn't get it done, let, let, let's say, you know, you know, bat, worst case scenario, a two and 10 type season. Um, the, the, a name that I already, you know, hear coming up and obviously it makes sense because he was there before and he's at Baylor now, uh, Fedora, uh, amongst others. Um, well, what name yeah. are you hearing? And of course, it's all just speculation at this point. Yeah, so I jotted down a few names here, and this is so preliminary. I mean, this this thing happened like an hour ago, right? Right. Um, but any good athletic director, I can guarantee you, has a list of seven or eight names in the top drawer of his desk in his office right now. You um, so I, I have not seen that list. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, Fedora would come to mind. He had such success here. Uh, would he come back? I don't know. Uh, I guess I would pose that question to you guys. Yeah, I'm trying to think of somebody in your past that was super duper successful and left for a gig that played, you know, twice as much. Would he come back? Um, and you know, I think Fedora liked it here. Um, you know, Southern Miss doesn't have as deep of pockets as really anybody. So 
you've kind of got to be able to, to, to deal with that. Even though we're still, I'm not talking about we pay, you know, seven fifty an hour. I mean, it's around $750,000 a year that you would make. Um, so I would like to think that's pretty cool for coaching football. Um, but some other names, I've heard Pete Golding, uh, defensive coordinator at Alabama. Uh, he's been at USM before. He was here for two years. Uh, I want to say 2016 and 17, maybe. Um, Will Hall has been thrown around, the offensive coordinator uh, Tulane, just right down the road from Hattiesburg. Uh, Kevin Johns, right up the road from Hattiesburg, the offensive coordinator at Memphis. And, and there's another guy that he's interviewed a few times, I think, for the Southern Miss job. He played here in the early 90s, linebacker. Uh, uh, at Southern Miss, and his name is Tyrone Nix. He's kind of bounced around from here to there. He's currently the uh, defensive coordinator at UTSA. So, I mean, those are some names right now, and there's probably a few more out there. Those are the ones that I've, off the top of my head I jotted down before we started. Um, but I think that right now, yeah, Scotty Walden has pretty much an entire season to interview, uh, which, yep. is, which is pretty cool for a 30-year-old you know, guy. One other name that would come to mind, uh, uh, God, and I'm terrible with names here. Uh, former Alabama assistant, um, former Elon head coach, current James Madison head coach. Um, I cannot think of his name right now, but he interviewed for your job uh, when you guys hired Hobson. Um, and uh, he was assistant at Alabama. Did a great job at Elon, and mm. now he actually took over for Coach Houston uh, when he came to East Carolina at James Madison, and his name is escaping me right now. I don't know. I mean, and another name, you know, that just comes to mind, I would not be in favor of this until some serious, you know, discussions were had. But, you know, Hugh Freeze is a, is a Southern Miss grad. And um, Hugh Freeze has a checkered past. Uh, Hugh Freeze can coach football. Um, Southern Miss in the past, you know, we like in basketball, we hired Larry Fedora. I mean, Larry uh, Eustachie. Um so that's another name to throw out there. I think that as soon as you did that, half of the Southern Miss fan base would hyperventilate and faint right there because, uh, you know, he worked for he worked for Ole Miss, you know, and that's not cool with us. Um, it's generally not cool if you're in the SEC at all. And to be a graduate of Southern Miss and then you went there and then all and the baggage that comes with it, I think that's all bad. That being said, uh, you know, my man can coach a little bit. So – uh, he's at Liberty right now. I'm not even sure we could pay him what he's making at Liberty. I think he's making a little bit over a million dollars Liberty. That's the interesting um, thing. When, when, when uh -huh. you think about it, Southern Miss sounds like a better job than Liberty. And historically, and on and on paper, it is. But Liberty's got a lot of money. And since one sure. day they decided that they wanted to be big time and move to Division One in football, uh, they're spending money. So it would it would all depend on does Hugh want a chance to to go back and coach somewhere like Southern Miss? You know, money talks, and that's the whole thing, man. I, I, mm -hmm. If Liberty wants to spend the money, I, I don't know that East Carolina could match them. Um, and, you know, being yeah. the American now, it's, uh, if, if they want to spend it, they'll hold on to him until Power 5 school comes calling. Sure thing. And and like I said, I mean, he's, he's – uh... As much as I kind of hate to admit it, he can he can really coach. Uh, so, 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 so I mean, so those are those are the names that I'm hearing right now. Uh, but 
I think everybody in Golden Eagle land is pulling for this 30-year-old guy to just come in and just, you know, make it up and throw the ball all around and do what he can and bring some excitement back. And, uh, and it, you know, the next time you meet somebody who doesn't like Scotty Walden, it'll be the first time. Well, he, he, he gets his chance uh, to start his, uh, his on-the-job audition. Uh, mm-hmm. Two weeks from now against La Tech, they get, got got a big time conference rival. And, sure. Uh, what, is, what is that game? Is that the rivalry of Dixie, something like that? And uh, the game's got something. To yes. Do. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, these days, who knows? That might get tossed out. <laughs> but uh, well, I'm gonna but, but yes. <laughs> right. Um, but now it's a big rivalry game. You know, we, we uh, I, I enjoy La Tech being in the conference, much like I enjoyed you guys being in the conference. We always enjoyed that rivalry. I, I'm kicking myself. Uh, for never making the trip. Now, it's not an easy trip, right? I don't know how many exact miles that is from Hattiesburg, but you've got to put some effort into it. That's not just like driving, you know, even to La Tech, right? La Tech's around, I don't know, four hours from Hattiesburg. That's nothing. Rice is about seven. I want to say you guys are in that 10 range. That's right. And that's a, that's a commitment right there. <laughs> and, and, and Marshall, maybe, I'll throw, to yeah. maybe close to 12 hours. Oh, well, yeah. So, but, 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 but yeah, man, I mean, friends of mine that, that played football at USM always enjoyed playing there. Uh, they talked about the purple haze and the entrance and, and, um, you know, we had some good rivalries. We, 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 we had our way with you guys for a little while. Um, but every time we showed up, we knew it was going to be a battle. Right. And, um, and, and I miss it. You know, I, I miss all of those old games to be honest with you. Yeah. You, you had your way with us for a long while, but, uh, no, as far as as far as the distance from Hattiesburg to um, from MM Roberts to Dowdy Ficklin, it is eight hundred and sixty miles, 12, 12 hours forty four minutes per Google Maps. Yep. <laughs> right, and you know, I, I I would like to think that you know, uh, program wise, with everything, with baseball, with the whole way around, I would like to think that we're you know comparable. Um, but being that far apart, obviously, is an issue. I get it. Uh, so, but you know, in Conference USA now, we got that everywhere. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll go from from UTEP to Miami, you know, week week to week. So that's a. I think, um, I think if you talk to most East Carolina fans, and I think a lot of Southern Miss fans would agree, uh, if we can get the administrations to come together on it, it doesn't have to be a yearly thing, but just just a home and home every every five six years or so. Uh, sure. Would be nice. Uh, you know, even if it was just a home and home once a decade, uh, just just to keep the uh, to, to, to keep the uh, the rivalry going there with you guys. Uh, it's such an historic game. I mean, the 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 rivalry dates back to the to the I mean, fifties or sixties. I mean, it's it's uh-huh. been the game was played for many 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 years. Sure. Well, it, it was always one one that we look forward to and. I still remember a lot of a lot of those games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, but in, 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 I'm telling you, in Southern Miss land, we can do that with we can do that with Louisville, we can do that with Cincinnati, we can do that with Central Florida, we can do it with Tulane. You know, it's a uh, it's um, you know we're we're hoping to get back there one of these days. I'll I'll say it that way. And Jason, as far as uh, I know, this year we're going to play basketball with you guys, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and that um, right next to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium is Williams Arena, and uh, for basketball, we're looking forward to that. I know with 
John Gilbert being the former AD at Southern Miss. Now, I guess they were able to hook that up. And, of course, Joe Dooley, our head basketball coach, but I'm looking forward to that coming up in the fall. Oh, sure, for sure. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to A, number one, if we can even watch uh, basketball um, right now. Let's, let's hope. I know that basketball is indoors, and that's worse uh, for, for, for COVID. But it seems to me like we're inching along, and maybe that'll, that'll be able to happen. As far as the actual team Southern Miss has, maybe that's a little better there. I don't know. But as far as the team that Southern Miss got coming back, I mean, we, 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 we got rid of everybody. Um, the good thing is I have a different one talent um, uh, this and we the trip to Reed Green Coliseum, but it looks about the same way that it did, you know, uh, when it was built <laughs> about 50 years ago. So um, if you watch highlights on TV of Clarence Weatherspoon back in the day uh, on the 80, on the 87 uh, NIT championship team, well, you know, uh, the inside of the stadium looks identical. Uh, we have actually made a few upgrades. We've got a brand new floor. We've done some, and we did, uh, we have a lighting upgrade. Up until this year, you guys know these lights that I'm talking about, but we had the lights where, you know, you had to turn them on and wait for like 20 minutes for them to heat up to a point, certain point where it would light the stadium. If they went out, it was like a 30-minute delay. Yeah. Uh, so we finally gotten with everybody else, the same lights that you guys have probably had for the last 25, 30 years. And, you know, the, the lights are able to just come on in an instant and go down and race around the stadium and all that kind of stuff. So. I'm looking forward to that. It also kind of opened up the arena a little bit with those lights hanging out from the top. I think it closed it in and now those are gone. So I'm looking forward to that too. We've hired Jay Ladner as a coach. Jay Ladner is, you know, a native son of Southern Miss. And that guy probably loves Southern Miss more than I do. Um, this is his dream job. I don't care if Duke came calling. Jay Ladner's not going anywhere. Uh, he's determined to get it back to where it where, was when he played here. He played on that team, that 87 uh, National uh, Invitation Tournament uh, Championship team. So um, we're super fired up about basketball. I hope that I don't have to be fired up about it for quite a while, that football takes some of that energy away from me. <laughs> but um, if it doesn't, then we do have that to look forward to. Uh, Jason, one more question uh, for me uh, before we start wrapping this up. Um mm-hmm. To me, when, we, when you look at the landscape of college football, Conference USA used to be significantly better than the Sun Belt. Uh, to me, that's not the case anymore. I think the conferences are pretty much even, and I don't mean that as any disrespect for Conference USA. I think the Sun Belt has just risen. And also, the television deal for Conference USA isn't as good as it used to be. Uh, the Sun Belt, you, you, you see more of their games on ESPN, even though you guys are playing more Saturday games on NFL Network, CBS Sports, et cetera. Um, do, do you think it's time for Conference USA and the Sun Belt to kind of form two new leagues that make more sense regionally with Southern Miss, South Alabama, Lafayette, Louisiana Tech, Monroe, et cetera, all playing together in the same league while you have Charlotte, App State, Old Dominion, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, et cetera, all playing together in a league? I think something's going to happen, right? Um, and those are the two leagues that, that, that are often mentioned uh, as a package deal. Yep. I don't care what it looks like. Uh, if that's the way they want to do it, great. There's some people that I would like to keep around, like La Tech, um, even Marshall. Even that's kind of like playing you guys back in the day. It's forever away from here. But I like them. They're a respected program. 
Um, I feel like there's mutual respect, kind of similar to us in Rice and baseball. You know, it's kind of far away, but I like to keep them around. So the problem with this scenario that I see is every time it comes up, the people making the argument uh, want their school to be the center of it. So, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, if we can keep a lot of those teams that you just mentioned, I mean. Um, well, to me, it would be you know, geographical. I mean, you know, you, you yeah. and Tech would be in the same league because it makes sense geographically. You guys and Marshall would not be. To, to, me, sure. to, me, it's, to me, it's pretty cut and dry. Who would be in which in which league? The only teams to me that there's a a question about is Western Kentucky and uh, Middle Tennessee. Those are kind of the odd guys out where you can kind of go either way with them. No, I, I agree, uh, and I don't know why Middle Tennessee keeps getting brought into the argument. People are always like, "We got to keep Middle." Like, why? What, what do they bring to the table? But, um, but no, it, it would be uh, if I could live in a world where every Saturday, if we didn't have a game at the Rock. If I could get in my car and drive and go watch a play anyway, that's something we never had. That's something I've always been jealous of, of other leagues, number one being the SEC, is that they can always go, right? There, there's not an option. Why in the world would I never go to watch a game, you know, uh, against you guys? It's just too far. Um, if you guys were in Mobile, Alabama, right, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you could get a ticket to the game. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know – a lot. It, it makes so much sense that I'm positive it'll never happen. But you know, I, I'm, I'm, I got my fingers crossed. But those fingers have been crossed for quite a while. I'll tell you what. With the money that, that schools are going to be losing because of COVID and the mm-hmm. cost of sending Olympic sports from Norfolk, Virginia, to El Paso, Texas, for no damn reason, I, yes. uh, I, I got a feeling it may happen. Well, you know, I'll I'll have to take a day off of work to celebrate if that happens. How about if Sunbelt and Conference USA would demerge? Is that something that could happen with several teams? Well, that's that- kind of what we're talking about, uh, Dave. But merging to form two two regional leagues, or are you? Saying, I mean, yeah. Or are you are you are you suggesting a true like twenty fourteen merger, like a mega conference? Well, I was just wondering, or something like that, or have some kind of. Um, well, the reason I'm getting at that is any way that you guys, we love Conference USA. Obviously, we're in Conference USA before the American. And I just feel like I still have a, like a special place in my heart for it. And I'm thinking with the, when I see what you're talking about, Kyle, the, the reason I brought that up is the, the TV deal. I'm wondering if there's a way that the idea that you had, Kyle, that you mentioned to Terry um, Holland years ago about the having. Uh, there's maybe, no money in that now, dude. A 24 league, a 24 team league. With well, the schools that are in the Sunbelt Conference USA, that that wouldn't make any sense. Not not now. I mean, what, what you're talking about is going back to the days of Alliance of Conference USA Mountain West merger, yeah. way way back when. They, you know, there was some money to be made there, but a a, a 24 league, a 24 team Sunbelt Conference USA, there, there's no money to be made with that. I'm just wondering, like a TV deal, would it be a sweeter TV deal if you had? Where you keep the conferences independent, maybe you have to take the two champions at the end. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of something that you could do to for the championship. Well, that'd be. I mean, that would be fantastic. I mean, you know, that's what we had in Conference USA for the longest time, and it was uh, who was it? Us and what was the other conference? Uh, well, folks, are you talking about the bowl game or, or what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, for the uh, yeah, the Liberty Bowl was the Conference yeah, the USA Liberty champions. Bowl for a while with Conference USA versus Mountain West for a while. Yeah. So. You know, I mean, boy, you know, as much as a lot of people, uh, you know, complained about that league uh, around Hingway back in the day, 
everybody would give their right arm to have it back right now. <laughs> but, you know, to, con- considering where we are, man, we, we don't like it. I mean, there's, there's, I'm not breaking any news here. Nobody, nobody wants to be here. And it probably even shows on the field, man. Uh, this is a league that Southern Miss should dominate. And we should dominate not only in football, but everything else. And we, and we don't. It's, it's so weird. Um, so, uh, you know, maybe this is a step towards getting back to that. I don't know. But, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we, we have to – we can't keep flying across the country, you know, in everything. That's not just the, the football team. That's, that's women's golf. That's, you know, uh, you know soccer. Volleyball, all that stuff is you can't you can't be constantly just traveling across the continent to do stuff when when, when you're working with a bare bones budget. So something's got to be done. Everybody agrees to that. Uh, will, will will the most logical thing happen? You know, you guys tell me. Uh, uh, we're we're really hoping for it, but you know, who knows? Well, the problem being is that there was a lot of I hate to use the term misfit but there's a lot of independent teams that led to form conference usa and that's the problem is that when you think about a lot of the you come about southeastern conference you think about big 12 big 10 pac 12 all the conferences they have like that region if you will i know with atlantic coast conference there's 500 teams now in it but back in the day there was like eight teams and it was a bus ride away mm-hmm. uh, when in the colonial and it's independent football that was awesome because Everybody, like, as far as the Olympic sports and basketball, baseball, that was literally a couple hours away for the conference games, where now every, pretty much every conference game you have, you're on a plane. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's no that, – that, that, is, that is no bueno. Yeah, yeah no doubt. And, uh, and the problem with Conference USA and the Sun Belt, and the reason I do think that – with COVID that there may be some realignment with those two leagues to make things more regional is the TV revenue is just not there. You can't justify sending your volleyball team from Norfolk to El Paso for $700 a year TV revenue for football. I don't think you $700. That'd be real bad. (laughs) (laughs) $700,000. Well, even the the TV deals are so bad that even for football, any sport for that matter, it's not making sense right now. I don't yeah, I mean, I, mean, I want to say our number is uh, I want to say our number is four hundred thousand dollars a year right now. Four hundred thousand. So I think I was thinking it was seven. Wow. That's even worse. Wow. You know, so uh, that's I mean, you know, it's amazing we even survive, honestly. And, and then you know, Southern Miss is one of those schools that I can't remember the exact percentage, but we're we're the lowest in Conference USA as far as student fees. You know, going towards athletic budget, where people like Old Dominion are around like forty five percent. So. You know, the IHL board in, in Mississippi could probably help us out a little bit with that too. But you know, that's that 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 would be you know that would be going against the schools up north, and that's probably not going to happen. So the only way we can do it is to do kind of follow what you guys did, really, with as far as with your pirate club. You know, we got to get equal club memberships up. I think they are up this year. We got to get people to buy tickets to the Rock and uh, show up and and buy stuff at the stadium. We sell beer at the stadium now. Uh, that was probably my favorite part of Thursday. And, um, you know, there's got to be revenue coming in from everywhere. So the, the more – it would be so easy if we had a TV deal, like these SEC guys, $45 million check. Goodness gracious. I, I would love to see what Southern Miss could do with $45 million just handed to us. Every uh, year. It would, it, would, it would be – I mean, just can you imagine? Yeah. Um, so 
it's it's uh it's it's something we're always going to deal with and we're probably never going to be the rich guy and that's cool uh I, I, you know there's something to be said for that too having a chip on your shoulder and the whole uh, now jason one of our no, it'd be nice our, to win the i apologize i had some lag on my end uh, we had a, a a couple of questions or comments from one of our viewers johnny gardner uh when we were talking about the, the football coaching search, uh, assuming there is a search after the season and the, the interim coach doesn't get it. Um, he mentioned the name Blake Anderson. Obviously he was someone very close ties to Larry Fedora from being his offensive coordinator at, at North Carolina has done an excellent job at Arkansas state. Uh, they've been to six straight bowl games. Now he's in year seven there. And, uh, and if, if we have bowl games this year, they'll probably be in another one. Um, do, do you think he would um, – I have no idea what he's making there. Do you think he would consider Southern Mer Southern Miss, or do you think you guys would consider him? Um, I think everybody around here still holds Blake in super high favor. And if you ask anybody that knows anything about Southern Miss football, if we'd hired him instead of Ellis Johnson, who knows what, you know, the last several years would have been like. But apparently Ellis interviewed really well. I don't get it. But anyway. Um, yeah, he, he wore jeans to his interviews, what I heard. Blake yeah, you know, and, you, and your president, who was a female, uh, mm -hmm. was interviewing him and basically just discounted him because he had the nerve to wear jeans and a polo to an interview. Uh, yeah, and Ellis and Ellis made a PowerPoint or something. Yeah, exactly. But, so uh, no. Anyway, yeah, you know what? But you asked, would Blake be interested? I don't know. Um, I think that as it, as painful as it is to say, it's kind of a lateral move at this point. Um, did he fall in love with Southern Miss so much when he was here that he would want to come back for possibly even a pay decrease? Uh, you know, probably not, I, I would think. But I, I think you knock on the door, right? You, you pick up the phone and make that phone call. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, if, if that was – that... Did we lose, Jason? Yeah, we got <clears> – can you hear us, Jason? It broke up for a couple seconds here. Hello. Yeah, right. yeah sorry. My alarm went off telling me to go to bed. <laughs> um, no, no, that was my alarm reminding me to get on the show. This is 8 o'clock. I was going to get on at 8.10. That's what it was. So, anyway. But, but no, I think I think Blake would be welcome back with, with open arms, and that would be an absolute home run, you know, hire if it were to happen. I mean, assuming Scotty doesn't just find lightning in a bottle and, and just blow us all away, you know, this year. I actually think you guys have a better chance of getting Fedora back than you do Blake. And we're also Maybe so. I mean, again, um, I, I'm not positive what he's. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what he's making at at Baylor as a as the offensive coordinator, but it's it's probably more than we can pay him. Yeah, but there's something said for being a head coach, and Fedora strikes me as the type of guy that wants to lead, not be on somebody's mm -hmm. staff. We'll see how that all plays out, and uh, certainly with the another thing is uh, we'll see how well, things play as far as the season is concerned too. With uh, with Southern Miss, you know, you may have you keep your coach you have now. Who knows? Thirty years old. I mean, look what Lincoln Riley did in East Carolina, no and it might be the blessing in disguise, so to speak, that you thought, that, "Oh my God, here we go with the new season." He resigns, and then you have a. You never know what's going to happen with the team after it can be a good thing. After that, so uh, 
Jason, thank you so much for coming on tonight. It's been uh, really cool to have you on. And it's funny how we have, uh, I know with Kyle has friends down there in Hattiesburg, but we do have, have connections there. And uh, certainly uh, like we're talking about, we hope we can get you guys back on the schedule and it will be, it will be a lot of fun to have. Uh, maybe we can go down to the rock Kyle, whenever we do get that game back on. Yeah. Go, go to the rock, hang out with James and Shannon and uh, eat yeah. lethals. That'll be fun. Jason, thanks for coming on. I appreciate your patience tonight. I know we've gone a little long too, but uh, thanks for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. And before we let you go, how can people listen to the podcast and maybe social media? I don't know. Did we lose your audio, Jason? I think we have lost Jason's audio. Yeah. Jason, can you hear us? I think you can hear us. We just can't hear him. Yeah, no, I, I can't hear him at all, unfortunately. Jason, thank you so much for coming on. Let's see if can you can you hear us now. Uh, oh well, Jason, thank you so much for coming on to the top talk and uh, with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. Jason, appreciate it, and uh, good luck to you guys the rest of the way. And hopefully, you find a a coach. If not, it's sorry you may already have him, and we'll we'll talk to you again real soon. All right. Unfortunately, we lost there, Jason. That's a shame because uh, we were wrapping things up and um, thought it was a really good show, guys. And uh, Kyle, uh, are you interested in the job in Southern Miss? You love uh, you love folks down there in Hattiesburg so much. Would you well, take? I may be show? expedited to, to to Hattiesburg here soon enough, evidently. So okay. uh, I, I may have to uh, I may have to start care, uh, covering Southern Miss athletics. They may like me better down there. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to say that. Uh, Bubba, what do you, uh, Bubba, what do you, what do we have coming up? I know we've got a big week ahead and obviously uh, with the pirates, we'll keep following them. We'll have our practice report where you can watch that obviously on Facebook and YouTube channel. You can do that. Well, Houston, I think is a lot happier now than obviously last week. And hopefully by the time we have the game day, we'll look uh, even better. Yeah, last week on uh, Saturday morning, we kicked off our our uh, preview show, the Inside Slant, and we'll have that once again this week. Uh, this week, uh, it will be on Friday night. Uh, so join us during the eight o'clock hour for about sixty to ninety minutes. There, uh, we'll be joined uh, not necessarily in this order, um, but we'll catch up with Cameron Teague of the Louisville. Courier Journal, uh, he was on the program back about a year and a half ago now when we were previewing that Louisville Super Regional uh, when the Pirates went out there. Um, but we'll talk to him about Louisville's uh, season opener. Uh, we'll also uh, talk about um, with App State's play-by-play, Adam Witten. They'll be getting things underway this weekend with a late-added game against Charlotte. Uh, so Charlotte will be traveling up to Boone. Um, of course, no fans will be in attendance for uh, the – Regulations with the state of North Carolina. Um, we'll also catch up with Rennie Angolia of ESPN, uh, Will Vandervoort of the Clemson Insider, and then also our, our buddies with the Golden Hurricast. Uh, Tulsa has a big one this weekend taking on Oklahoma State. So, so those are some of the beat writers, play-by-play voices, et cetera, that you'll hear from on Friday evening. It's going to be a lot of fun to get you ready. Uh, eventually, the Pirates will have a game. I believe, guys, I was thinking about that. Earlier today, less than three weeks away, and, and Kyle, do you have a, like a countdown clock for for the kickoff again with the Pirates and hosting UCF? Uh well, we got two weeks from Saturday, so uh, 
And that'll be 14 days. I'll start counting then. All right. So you got the 14 day clock. He'll be doing on Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Guys, thank you so much. What a great, great show we had tonight. And uh, thanks to all our guests. And we hope that you'll uh, like us on Facebook, obviously on uh, Twitter. You can follow us at the Sports OBJ, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. You can find us anywhere, the podcast. And obviously you can watch our show on Facebook and the YouTube channel. All right, for all our great guests, for Bubba Rosenbaum and Kyle Barber, I'm Dave Richmond. You've been watching the Sports Objective and listening to it right here. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates!